Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Today, we're talking about making room for God. I used to sing solos back in the day, and one I did more than once in December was called No Room, for obvious reasons. No room in the inn. No room for him, room for others, and for other things, the song would go. No room for Jesus in the world that he made. No room. I need this reminder every holiday season, but also every day. It's so easy to get distracted from what's really important by doing things on my to-do list, which I thought was really important. Perhaps Satan's biggest effort for modern-day Christians to take our minds off what is really important is to keep us too busy, too busy for God while even working to serve God. I need to make room for him every day, but to do that, I need to perhaps throw out some old things to make room for the new. Speaking of Christmas, which is around the corner, last year, my youngest daughter gave me the best gift. Of course, I did ask for it. Here's that story. Mark had heard me call out many times while my head was in the refrigerator, where in the world are those carrots, as if he would know, or has anyone seen the sour cream? I might yell while tossing those limp carrots that I finally found over one shoulder and something green that didn't used to be green over the other. I know I have sour cream. I would get so frustrated. And of course, no one ever answers. My family was used to my frustrated forays into the fridge, shifting items here and there, searching for the next thing to complete a recipe, something I knew I had something to complete a meal, and something to complete a peace-filled mind. Now, I don't pretend to be an organized person. People who know me know that that is the case. But I do like the results of organization. Not, I just don't like the process of getting organized. Right now, my dining room table is filled with four baskets of books and papers that need to be filed, put away, given away, or thrown away don't like that process. I'm putting it off once again by making this recording. In light of that, though, the fact that I do like things that are organized, I asked our youngest daughter for a gift. Would you please organize my pantry as my present? And her answer surprised me. Will you pay for the containers? I thought that was a funny response. She knew more than I did what I was getting myself into. And I said with hardly a thought, yes, I'll pay for any new containers. I pick up containers here and there at thrift stores, and I thought I had enough. But that's not what she meant. I had no idea what I was getting into. A few days later, we began. Mary commandeered the space like Washington crossing the Delaware. She took out every single item, things that I hadn't seen for decades, lined them up, categorized, made labels, and declared in a calm but very firm voice, mom, your job is to eliminate. If I dared move an item back into place, she quietly repeated very firmly, mom, your job is to eliminate. We don't have a system yet. Hmm. Not understanding exactly what she meant, 
I humbly took my place behind the 47 spices and began tossing. As we neared the finish line and began placing items back into the lovely new containers, I tried to scooch things over to fit more in. And again, Mary stopped me. Mom, it's okay to leave space on the shelf. Now, I didn't really believe her. And I was thinking, now, when is she going to go back home to her apartment and I can fix things the way I want it? But at that point, I just breathed a big sigh and said, okay, Mary is an artist. I think she meant space as in it looked better and was restful to the eye. But I'm practical. In my mind, if there's space, it needs something to fill it up. Now, God is both an artist and practical. He wants to breathe peace into my life for my sake and for any others who might be in direct line of some limp carrots. He wants the world to peek over my shoulder and see a woman at rest with her Savior. And if you are a follower of Jesus, it's the same for you. And he knows the only way for that to happen is if I create space for him. In a way, much like our Mary, he gently but firmly whispers, your job is to eliminate what hides me from your line of sight. Make room for me, Sue, and you will find all that you're looking for. Much like my unorganized refrigerator and overcrowded pantry, my life can be so filled with good stuff that I can't find what I need when I need it. And what I need most is God himself. He's there for the finding. But if I don't make room, he can get buried under good intentions, works without faith, and service without love. In some vague way, even spiritual spectators know they need God. But do they know it's God who they need? By spiritual spectators, I mean people who think it's a good idea to know God, but are just looking from the outside in and they're not sure what they really want. Do they really know that it's God that they need, not only his blessings or his value system or guidance? All too often, I too can find myself treasuring the gifts of God from God more than the giver. At age 15, I told God, I'm all yours. And again at 20, and again at 31. It's a telling worth repeating. But in my mid to late years, he repeats as often as needed, Sue, make room for me, not just for my blessings. And that will be enough. To make room for God, we begin with surrender. At 15, maybe, or 20, and again at 31, and now every day for me at 69. To make room for God, I need to live a no matter what kind of life. No matter how scary the future may seem or how many disappointments lie in wait, I am his. Esther prayed a similar prayer, if you remember, from Esther 4, verse 16. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. All out surrendered, Esther was willing to die. Will I die if I give God my whole life, no matter what? Maybe. 
a year of a worldwide pandemic gave all of us pause to consider our mortality, I hope. My job, as Mary Grace reminded me more than once, is to eliminate, release any vestige of holding back, to let go of that ledge and count on his safety net. I still get scared. I don't want to relinquish all my dreams and desires. But the more I make room for him, the easier it is to come to the crossroads and choose faith. Lamentations 3, 21 and 22 reminds me that God comes in fresh every day to shower me with love and mercy. Here are those verses just to remind you. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. New mercies every morning like fresh baked bread. But what about the next 12 hours? I don't want to come to the end of the day and realize that every space was filled, but not one space included him. How can I continue to make room for God as the day unfolds? I think we need to begin with the walnuts. Debbie's son is a U.S. Army Ranger. When he's deployed, he can communicate with his folks, but very briefly, and with no hint of where he is and what he's doing all classified, all dangerous. If Seth were my son, I would be a wreck. But Debbie, my dear friend, lives at rest. She can't explain it, she's told us many times. But she often says, I only know it must be God. He's given me a peace like Paul wrote about in Philippians 4-7, the kind that can't be understood. One other thing, Debbie has a quart jar on her kitchen counter. It's filled with rice. But if you look closely, you'll see walnuts as well. Perhaps you know the object lesson it represents. If you try to place a dozen walnuts and three cups of rice in a jar, you don't start with the rice. You start with the walnuts. Pour the rice in first and you won't get many of those walnuts in the jar. Try it. You'll find out. But if you begin with the walnuts... All the rice will flow gently down through the spaces in between. Debbie lives daily with peace beyond measure. Excuse me. She's made room for God. The walnuts are in place and she's trusting him for the rest. Believe me, you could talk to her. When I make room for God first, everything listed in my day planner, as well as any unexpected interruptions and God appointments flow into place. Jesus said they would in Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All these things today meant meeting with friends, medical appointments, writing, preparing for a coaching session, And cleaning the fridge. Yes, that does happen. I don't need to fret how they will all fit into the jar. My part is to know what goes first and leave the rest up to God. He knows how many and which things I need to do today and tomorrow as well. Now, how do I know that it's time for me to make more room for God? Let me tell you. I will, I can really figure it out and I'll give you some hints. One day, my daughter called to say she was breaking off a relationship. Another daughter texted that her boss was just laid off and wondered what that could mean for her. 
Another daughter wasn't far behind, bemoaning her overloaded schedule and an unknown future. All big daughters with big daughter issues. If you're a mom, you know that once a mom, you're always a mom. And I can overreact with the best of them when I hear about my daughter's ups and downs, anxieties, and what ifs. My dear friend, Bonnie Mastin, is fond of saying, we gave our kids to God at birth, and we just need to keep giving them back to him. I'll repeat that because it's worth repeating. We gave our kids to God at birth, and we just need to keep giving them back to God. So how do I know I need to make room for God that it's time for some shifting? I get my share of signals. Here are some. If I react instead of respond to my kids' trials and tribulations, if I haven't sensed the Spirit's prompting in a while, if I can't take a joke or I can't laugh at myself or I don't laugh at all, if I haven't spoken to my husband other than, did you pick up the mail? Do you need dental floss? Will you be late on Wednesday? If I resent it, if I get asked to do one more thing, or my stomach gets upset just thinking about my to-do list. If friends or family irritate or worry me more than give me joy. If I find myself complaining more than praising God, comparing more than celebrating others. All these ifs and many more indicate that it's high time I get some rest to sit with Jesus and savor his goodness. Jesus gives two promises in John 16, 33. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. First promise, we will have troubles in the world. That's a promise. And second promise, he has overcome the world. I forget where I put that second promise if I haven't made room for God. Brother Lawrence, a monk on kitchen duty way back when, talked to God while doing the dishes. His was a holy kitchen. There's a famous book, Practicing the Presence of God. His was a holy kitchen, not because of incense or candles, but because of the posture of his heart. His heart was so in love with God that he couldn't help but sing and pray in the midst of the mundane. I want to make my kitchen and my laundry room a holy place to lift my heart to God. But I can only do that when I make space for him. I want to be able to see his face as I wait in line to check, to check out at the grocery store, to smile at the weary clerk, to slow down at the signal and let the next car go first. I don't think God is in a hurry because he already knows how it's all going to turn out. As I make space for him, I'll slow down and wait for all he's doing behind the scenes that I can't see yet. Charles Swindoll said this, the trouble with life is that it's so daily. A mother of young children knows that truth down in her bones. How do we make room for God in our busy dailies? On my best days, God awakens me with my favorite morning prayer, even before I throw off the covers. I found Psalm 143.8 when reading the King James Version in my 20s. So that's how I pray it. Thankfully, he's familiar with all the versions. Here it is. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. 
Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Morning prayers get me started right. Here I am again, Lord. Whatever you've got planned is fine by me. Making room for God can mean a mind shift. You may think that taking time with God is a guilty pleasure, something you don't deserve and won't plan for until you've finished with all your responsibilities. But that's the wrong order. Rest is one of God's best gifts, but I can leave it unopened, left on the front porch like an Amazon package and think I'll get to it as soon as I do one more thing. I have to admit, I'm a one more thing kind of person. That's what makes me late to many occasions. I know I can fit one more thing in my schedule. Just like I can fit one more thing in my pantry. But when it comes time to find the turmeric, or is it turmeric? I know I have turmeric. I can't find it for love or money or rice or beans. Or walnuts. I see a 45 minute space on the calendar and I put two hours worth of work into that space with no rest in sight. Can anybody here relate? As soon as I do are stumbling words when much later that night I stumble into bed and I wonder why things didn't turn out as I had planned and why am I so tired and exhausted? Here's why. I don't view rest like God does, nor value myself like God does. I can look calm on the outside, but inside can be a different story as I figure out how everyone will be safe, happy, and in God's will. What I really mean, and I don't really think I mean that, but what I really mean is how best to control this situation in the way I think it should turn out. Making room for God means I let him do his job and I do mine. My friend slumped down in her chair and sighed, I can't take it anymore. My mother is driving me crazy. I murmured sympathetically and then I asked her, So you th feel it's your responsibility to change your mom? That's God's job. Your job is to love her. That's it. Overextending my reach of responsibility wears me out. Loving God and others, that's my responsibility. Taking on what isn't my job leads to stress and turmoil. In Philippians 4, 6, Paul wrote that we aren't to worry about anything. That seems a little too all-inclusive on my best days. Anything? Paul didn't have three daughters. Jesus explains why we don't have to be anxious, daughters notwithstanding, and it starts with birds. Matthew 6, 25 and 26. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? God loves me and my family even more than birds. Maybe worry is a matter of memory. When I slide back into anxious thoughts, I forget, I forget how much God loves me. 
I need to list bird watching in all of my planners and tell myself, watch the birds. They follow the way God made them and they are provided for. You're made for rest as well as for work. Follow that plan. God gave rest because he loves you. Bird watching is on the agenda for my next mini retreat, or maybe the next time I look out the window doing dishes in my holy and sometimes organized kitchen. After a month of enjoying my new pantry, I see why my daughter left space on the shelves. Making room provides rest. Rest for the eyes, ease in finding things, clarity of needs. When I surrender all I am to God, seek him first, praise him in the dailies. My shelves are less cluttered, believe me. I do find what I'm looking for and all that I need. I'm making room for God, which puts my soul at rest. I don't like to organize, but I like the results of organizing. Can you relate in any way? I'd love to hear in the comments. I told Mary she can always find work if being a therapist doesn't work out for her, organizing other people's lives and pantries. Today, I'd like to invite you to join my free Facebook group called Welcome Heart, Welcome Home, where we talk about showing the heart of God to anyone who comes our way through opening our homes, and we share a lot of good recipes, simple ones. Hope to see you there, and have a great day making room for God. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.